Hello everyone and happy takeover and money in the bank weekend. This is the Undisputed Future Podcast. I am CD Danny Mac and this is the last stop before NXT TakeOver Chicago 2. And it's the original scene of the crime where the DIY betrayal was executed and we will see the culmination of that in a street fight between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. We've seen Johnny wrestling here for years But I believe this Saturday will be the in-ring debut of Johnny Badass. But first, we had an action-packed June 13th edition of NXT featuring the War Raiders to kick things off. Now, I'm not going to sit here and talk about much of this match. It was an excellent showcase of their strength, as has been the booking of the War Raiders MO thus far far, even getting the chance to prove themselves against former tag team championship number one contenders in Otis Dozovic and Tucker Knight, of course, heavy machinery. Now, the War Raiders dominant and dominant and dominant, and they expressed interest in calling out the mighty, formerly known as TM61, boy, is that going to take some getting used to saying, but Shane Thorne and Nick Miller calling out tag teams up and down the division, including the War Raiders, and the War Raiders will be challenging them to a match next week in the pre-show, post-show of Chicago. But I did want to discuss the War Raiders versus the Authors of Pain that I think should be happening in the NXT landscape right now. Authors of Pain have been non-existent, non-existent in the Raw Tag Team Championship scene booking. We have lesser contenders in these battle royals and these number one contendership opportunities. It's just not right. You could have these two Haas teams colliding and give the Authors of Pain a real big rivalry to go out on besides just an NXT Tag Team Championship match. A match with the War Raiders for Akam and Rizar would be more of a proper passing of the torch in my book. The same thing goes for Sanity. We have Sanity on SmackDown Live sitting on the sidelines as well. This war they had going with the Undisputed Era, I really feel could have carried out through the summer, maybe just until about now, maybe have Chicago be the final place for chaos as well, but them getting called up Just the male talents, of course, we know Nikki Cross is the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship, but Wolf, Dane, Young, what what are they doing on SmackDown? Why hasn't there been a chaotic display of dominance by these three men yet? Are they waiting for Nikki Cross to fill out her NXT Women's Championship match and end up debuting them as a stable? Maybe Creative realized the error of their ways, separating this group into three and then one male and then female superstar debuts? Just one man's personal opinion. I don't know what these teams are doing, but I really feel like the War Raiders could have benefited with the rivalry from the Authors of Pain instead of just having these exhibition matches and what seems like a mismatch in my book. TM61, we know their history with the Authors of Pain, a bigger team. Are we really going to give them another rivalry with just their replacements under a new sort of attitude? and have the role reversed, and instead of having an underdog factor taking on a big team, they're just two guys with overinflated egos? A number of things could be happening in the NXT Tag Team Division right now, other than the expected, unbelievable match 
between Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch taking on the Undisputed Eras, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong at TakeOver Chicago 2. I really feel like some time and some rivalries in the NXT Tag Team Universe could have been established before the AOP and Sanity got called up to Raw and SmackDown, respectively. But regardless, NXT Tag Team Division, we have some action to look forward to. War Raiders versus The Mighty, formerly known as TM61, formerly known, is going to take a lot to getting used to. But Shane Thorne, Nick Miller, lock up with Harry Hansen and Rampaging Row next week. Not sure if my Harry Hansen and Rampaging Row nicknames are going to take off, but that guillotine leg drop back suplex combo, I'm definitely going to give a shout out for them and that absolute dominant display once again this week. But I mentioned the Undisputed Era. I mentioned the tag team champions just a couple seconds ago. Don't film these guys. Unless you're invited by the figurehead leader Adam Cole, don't film Undisputed Era, even if it's before a big high-profile title match that nobody expected to happen on NXT television. It definitely came as a shock to me. Pete Dunne defending the UK Championship against Kyle O'Reilly representing the Undisputed Era. Kyle O'Reilly once again getting time to showcase his singles skills. Don't forget, he was a former challenger to the now NXT champion Aleister Black. So O'Reilly and Fish have cut their chops as singles competitors on NXT television before. But don't film the Undisputed Era. Don't do it. Don't do it unless you got the blessing of Cole or Strong or one of those two guys out of Red Dragon. Just don't do it. Otherwise, you'll get flipped out on and probably shoved to the grounds like the last gentleman was. I glanced over the Gargano and Champa rivalry. We got another brilliant video package to culminate this one and... It's, it's great. It's it's a damn shame that Moro Ronaldo will not be calling this blood feud-filled action of a match, but Showtime channel obligations will be keeping him from TakeOver Chicago. I probably should have broke this news at the beginning of the show, but let's talk about all things news-related right before I discuss EC3 and Cassius Ono. The 205 Live table will be coming to life at TakeOver Chicago 2 on Saturday. Vic Joseph, Nigel McGuinness and Percy Watson is what makes up the 205 Live table in case anybody besides me is watching it. And I'm a big fan of it. I do see the chemistry there. Nigel McGuinness, a experienced grappler. Percy Watson really finding his footing as a face color commentator. And Vic Joseph, he's cutting his chops as a play-by-play guy. He mentioned it on a WWE.com interview. I know I probably should have recorded this special right after the NXT television episode, but it's Thursday morning and I just came across this announcement. Vic Joseph is proud to be a part of TakeOver. One of the things on his career bucket list was to be part of the NXT revolution. So all the best of luck to Vic Joseph and the 205 Live table taking over NXT commentary. Speaking of taking over other places, Adam Cole will be defending the North American Championship at an Evolve wrestling event against the dominant man known as Walter. I'm just going to go over the announcement. I know the boys over at Who Got Next did a little bit more of an in-depth look at this, so if you want more coverage on that, definitely check out my friends over there. I'm going to keep on plowing through ahead on NXT television to discuss NX3 because it's EC3 taking out the knockout artist Cassius Ono, taking out Guess I kind of Freudian slipped on that one there, Team NXT. Cassius Ono needed a win. Or are we going to see EC3 and 
Oh, Cassius Ono needs a win. Cassius swinging with conviction this whole matchup. Really bringing the fight to Mr. Carter, Mr. Three, Mr. EC3. I don't know how to address him besides EC3. The formula for success was successful. Despite the strong start and strong display by Cassius Ono, dueling chance for both men, really high-octane feel in the Full Sail University Arena, and you could get all that just from watching it on television. But a rope to the throat would end up being Cassius Ono's downfall. The ricochet off of that, and I'll get to discussing him in a second, would cost him executing the TKO one percenter neck breaker and one, two, three for EC3, and we have EC3 and O. Yes, it was his fourth match, the North American Championship inaugural ladder match. Unfortunately, not successful in. Win against Raul Mendoza. Win against Fabian Eichner. Win against Cassius Ono. Victory after victory after victory. Let's see how much further this streak can continue for EC3. EC3, we know him as a driven by confidence, a narcissistic superstar to say the least. But I really feel like it's time for a character direction somewhere in the aggressive heel angle for Cassius Ono. Cassius, we've seen him in enough good guy situations. We've, we just recently saw him play the big brother role for Johnny Gargano after that vicious attack in Full Sail University by the psycho killer Tommaso Ciampa. Cassius Ono, not successful there either. It's really been a while since we've seen the knockout artist get one in the win column. I think it might take a win-at-all-cost kind of attitude change, maybe get inspired by the actions of the mighty TM61, and really pull something out of character for yourself, Cassius, because it just it just doesn't seem to be working. Whereas EC3 is 3-0 lately, I feel like Cassius Ono in his last three matches, of course I'm counting televised, I don't know much about the NXT live circuit, unless I'm there myself, but... As far as I know, 0-3, his last NXT television matchups, and I really can't think of any way to bounce back other than maybe a win-at-all-costs attitude, maybe unleash more of that striking ability for your own costs, and just disregard any safety the guy might have for his opponent. I know it's a rough way to put that, but Cassius Ono really has to put something together. He's an NXT veteran. This match was incredibly unique because it's a term, it's... It's a time and it's a collision between two guys who are on their second try through the NXT system. Cassius Ono was here before, left, became Chris Hero, worldwide sensation on the independent scene, came back to NXT. It kind of seems like they're pumping the brakes on him and he's playing somewhat of a gatekeeper role. Kind of sadly reminds me of the number one contender for the championship, Tiger Breeze, and we sadly know where Prince Pretty has been since those days. So Cassius Ono and EC3, don't forget EC3, also as Derek Bateman back in the day, kind of like a 90s bully thing with uh, Johnny Curtis, now known as Fandango. Kind of funny how I mentioned both Tyler Breeze and Fandango in this segment, and they're now in a tag team division as the Fashion Cops. So, will somewhat of a reluctant alliance come between EC3 and Cassius Ono? Anything can be written in the stars for 
NXT television, but I really feel like it's time to take some direction with the knockout artist and give Cassius Ono somewhat more of a somewhat more of a serious twist, I guess, or at least a couple W's under his basketball jersey and belt. But shifting gears away from that, let's jump right back into NXT women's action. The EST of NXT, Bianca Belair, takes on another NXT veteran in Aaliyah. Aaliyah, through several character changes, as I mentioned how badly Cassius Ono needs one, Aaliyah has put together a few things here and there. I know she went on and on in the Breaking Ground special about a hybrid belly dancer confidence sort of gimmick. I'm not sure if the Cat's Meow nickname still applies or if that whole sort of like an EDM festival girl gimmick is there, for lack of a better term. I really don't know any other way to put it. But luxury and luxurious and somewhat of an alliance with Vanessa Bourne is what I'm seeing on the independent independent, on the NXT live show circuit, not the independent circuit. The independent circuit is where a lot of people believe Bianca Belair came from, but she came from just being an incredible star athlete and performance center grown, and she's already showing a ton of growth. No shortage of confidence in Bianca Belair, but on the flip side, Aaliyah still trying to find hers. Not much of a surprise here, but the power and athleticism really on a showcase here for Bianca Belair. Not much of a showcase for Aaliyah. Aaliyah getting in her usual arsenal of moves, it seems like, on NXT television. And this match just ended with an incredible power display by Bianca Belair. A deadlift press and a really flashy falcon arrow would spell another victory. For the EST of NXT. It's I watched this yesterday and I'm still in awe by this power display. I am a believer in Bianca Belair. She had an interview with Dakota Kai post-match, and I believe in her mic skills development as well. Started off a little bit slow, but Bianca Belair, former May Young Classic competitor, she's definitely finding her footing in the NXT women's championship picture. Who only knows what's to come after Nikki Cross and Shayna Baszler lock up, but Bianca Belair is a name to watch. I'm really hoping Aaliyah finds her confidence as well, but until then, it's just kind of sad to watch her lose and lose and lose, and it sucks. It really sucks, but it sucks to be Shayna Baszler right now as well. Shayna Baszler is a target of Nikki Cross, and if you've been watching NXT for as long as I have, you know that being in the sights of the psychotic Scott is nowhere you want to be. But something you definitely want in your eardrums is Hailstorm. Hailstorm, the band and a title track, a very, very appropriate title track for the NXT Loud is Uncomfortable by Hailstorm. Hailstorm's singer also doing the Ember Moon entrance from TakeOver New Orleans. So the more you know... I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try and sell you on music. I'm just here to talk NXT, but definitely a band worth checking out. I've been listening to them for a couple of years now, and it definitely matches the aura that they're trying to put out for this women's championship match. You have two unbelievably aggressive and unbelievably unpredictable, unbelievably unpredictable. Try saying that one five times fast, NXT. That's your tongue twister for this week. Unbelievably unpredictable. 
Two women, Nikki Cross, Shayna Baszler, absolute aggression. But it all depends on what side of that coin you are on. Shayna sees her ways as it's not bullying, it's reality. The strongest is always going to survive. The fear that the NXT women's locker room looks at her with, it's its like she's getting off on it. It's really, it's unbelievable this attitude that Shayna Baszler's possessing while being champion. No shortage of confidence. So it would definitely be an interesting collision to see Shayna lock up with Bianca Belair. That is, of course, assuming that the psychotic Scott, the twisted sister of sanity, Nikki Cross, doesn't lock up the gold and doesn't take and take and take like she's been on a mission to since arriving on the scene and being a part of sanity. Cross vows that there is no fear, only chaos. And no fear, it's the absolutely best tool you can possibly have when you're stepping up to a bully. Look at Dakota Kai. It didn't pay off, but Dakota Kai did manage to battle a couple of her demons. Of course, if you're Bianca Belair. None of that quite matters, so I'm going to definitely recommend watching that post-match interview as well. This match, great job hyping it up. I really do feel like this match and the NXT Championship match, maybe it's because both champions weren't on TV as consistently with their current contenders. Of course, we saw Shayna and her small feud against Dakota Kai, which was the vehicle for this Nikki Cross rivalry. That one, yes, this match probably was a little bit more put together than the singles NXT Championship match, but I'm going to get through my review and summary of Sullivan as a contender a little bit later on. I mentioned the Dakota Kai post-match interview, Bianca Belair vowing it's her time to shine. I definitely recommend if that, if you were just as impressed with Bianca Belair in the ring, let's, let's put it this way. She's improving just as much on the mic as she is in the ring. Really finding herself, Bianca Belair. I really feel like, hey, these Who Are segments are doing wonders for people in NXT. You could go back the past three episodes I discussed, what they did for Roderick Strong, what they're currently doing for TM61, and what the process is for Bianca Belair. If you're getting one of those video package segments, if you're getting a background biography on your life, expect big pushes in NXT. TM61 on a winning streak, probably until they face the War Raiders in Chicago next week, but this win-at-all-costs attitude, it's up in the air. We know Roderick Strong, contender for the NXT Championship, now current tag team champion. Bianca Belair, jumping right in the spotlight, getting to showcase her skills more and more every single week. These video packages mean something here, Team NXT, but I'm going to jump away from video and keep up with the audio and discuss the shock of the evening in my book. I did not expect to turn on NXT and find out that the North American... North American. I'm, I'm so hyped on that Adam Cole versus Walter match. I'm getting all my Undisputed Era title matches confused. Kyle O'Reilly challenging Pete Dunne for the WWE United Kingdom Championship. There it is. Looking to be the firstborn Canadian to hold the UK title. It would be awesome. Imagine it jumping straight from UK guy to Canadian before it even touches the waist of an American contender. I say that as an American, and I think that would be quite hysterical for a American-based company like WWE to do. But definitely the shock of the evening. Did not expect a title match right before TakeOver Chicago. 
And it was a done-heavy crowd in Full Sail University. We all know the popularity of the Undisputed Era. We know the, the, the contagious charisma. I can really only put it one way when it comes to Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly is my favorite member of Undisputed Era, not named Roderick Strong. So O'Reilly getting his own boom chance during the entrance, I like that. Bit of a pop for him, but a very heavy crowd favoring the bruiserweight. It was a ground game, very MMA-feeling start for this match. It was the left arm versus the left quad. The arm targeted by Dunn and the injured quad targeted by Kyle O'Reilly on the UK champion. Great storytelling. It was an unbelievable match. It was a technical spectacle. And actually, it was a believable match, if you know the pedigree of Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly, an accomplished mixed martial artist. His ground game is never suffering. He has a background in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, whereas I don't believe it's it's 100% to throw everything in your fighting skills into your skills on the ground. So that's why I don't strictly chain Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I don't recommend just training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But Kyle O'Reilly is a cross-trained athlete, and that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu great Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu game is definitely present in his mat. Well, his mat presence. Unfortunately, not locking up the victory, it ended up being a fierce melee, like the Undisputed Era is known to break down matches into. Undisputed Era jumps done, one-two punch, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch bringing the backup for the bruiserweight, and a fierce melee would end the in-ring action for TakeOver Chicago 2's hype. And this TakeOver, this NXT Tag Team Championship match, can be the sleeper match on the card, and the sleeper match to be the best match of the entire weekend. If these guys get the right amount of time, there's enough veteran presence and in-ring IQ to tell a beautiful story that makes you care about championship gold and that will bring out the best in all four competitors. Great match between KOR and Dunn as well. Do not sell the bruiserweight short. I will never stop singing the praises of Pete Dunn unless he's in the ring with Tyler Bate. I am a huge fan of Tyler Bate, the first ever UK champion as well. But Dunn's reign at over 300 days is definitely not to go unnoticed here on the Undisputed Future Podcast. Great match between both men, and I'm really looking forward to this NXT Tag Team Championship contest. Now, as I formally mentioned, I will get into Sullivan as a contender, because we did hear from the NXT Champion, the Dutch Destroyer, Aleister Black. Now, building an NXT Championship match, I really feel this one got the shortest amount of screen time and that there were other vehicles to carry this rivalry, not just the champion. Each NXT Champion's storylines should match their character. What do I mean by that? Bobby Roode was flashy and in-your-face. He was on TV pretty much every single week, and we know the story between my NXT and and this is our NXT, the rivalry with Drew McIntyre. McIntyre and Almas, both on television the appropriate amount of time. Almas getting a lot more screen time as champion, probably to push his stock once he got called up to SmackDown Live. But Aleister Black, kind of lurking in the shadows. 
as far as the build going towards Chicago. Aleister Black is the kind of champion that we believe can just kind of sit back in the shadows and survey his competition, not the need to go out there on commentary, not the need to pull up a steel chair and just kind of watch his possible contenders go at it for a match. Aleister Black is kind of the observant champion from the black in the background that we know from, and Lars Sullivan, kind of the opposite. We know him as a wrecking ball. We know him as a savage force driving through competition on NXT. Colin agrees with me, right, buddy? Yeah, there's the mascot of Team NXT just took a spot next to me and decided to start shaking. Anyway, Aleister Black, finally, after after that vicious beating by Sullivan that really sold him as a contender for the championship after countering and catching the Black Mass kick, Black was able to respond to that. He acknowledged that that had never happened to him before. But Sullivan will feel the force of the Black Mass in Chicago. This is a vow from the champion. This is an absolute promise. But Lars would interfere. Sullivan would storm the ring. And both men were ready for a brawl. But unfortunately, Sullivan's strength just too much for the champion. Aleister Black has drive. Aleister Black has a threshold for pain. But we've never seen him contend with anything like this. Multiple freak accidents. A trifecta of freak accidents, I believe. I think it was three. You're going to have to double check me on that one. I lost count after the first two, but I'm pretty sure it was a solid three. You will fade to Black Aleister Sullivan swears, bellowing at Black before dragging his lifeless body to the commentary table in sort of a Black Mass sacrifice of the NXT champion. What this segment did, despite it feeling kind of rushed and just having two segments to hype this rivalry, it did everything we needed to see out of a championship contender. Aleister Black, coming from the shadows to address his possible opponents, gets stopped. Aleister Black, proving that he's a fighting champion and will not back down, forced to back down by the strength of Sullivan. Now we have a match. Now we have a story. Black has never faced anything like Sullivan before. The strength might be too much for him to overcome. But I don't know if that leads for a new NXT champion. Aleister Black had one of the hugest hyped entrances in all of TakeOver Brooklyn last year. Do you really think he's not going to walk into Brooklyn once again as NXT champion? I don't see that happening. I see Sullivan. Not many people can go anywhere from being NXT championship number one contender. There was a time in NXT where once you contended for the NXT championship, it was pretty much it. You might have another send-off match the following taping before you got sent up to Raw or SmackDown. But this gives Sullivan options. This current landscape of NXT gives Sullivan options. And what are those options, you may be asking yourself? The North American Championship. The North American Championship is something that I wish existed when Ty Dillinger was in his NXT prime. Not quite NXT Championship contender or championship holder material, not quite able to find a tag team partner as the perfect 10. We know his story 
going into TakeOver Toronto against the glorious one, Bobby Roode. But if we had the North American Championship or some sort of title equivalent while the Perfect 10 was in NXT, that's the perfect landscape for a contender like him. That's the kind of, for lack of a better term, that's the kind of consolation prize that somebody like Sullivan needs to go for. Because I don't see Lars as a guy who's ready to jump up to Raw or SmackDown right after Money in the Bank. With all the already unused NXT talents getting called up to SmackDown or Raw, I don't see Sullivan stepping up to the plate like that quite yet. I don't know who Adam Cole's next contender is going to be for that championship. Last time, it was the first ever title defense against Oni Lorcan. I don't know where it goes from there, but I don't see Sullivan going straight up to Raw or straight up to SmackDown. I think he gets defeated in Chicago, and then a better platform for him to display and improve his skills would be contending for the North American Championship. Who the title holder is at the time Sullivan steps up for it, I couldn't tell you, because right now it's Adam Cole, baby, and I don't think I want it to change from there. So those are my thoughts. Give me your thoughts on Lars Sullivan as an NXT superstar. Where does he go after his NXT Championship contender match? Do you think he walks out of Chicago NXT Champion? I personally don't, but let me get into my NXT TakeOver Chicago 2 predictions and the rest of the card right now. And let's jump into predictions with the man who likes to, well, a man who likes to jump a lot. Ricochet, the one and only, taking on Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream had success at TakeOver Philadelphia. He's been a spotlight of NXT television ever since that Aleister Black rivalry. Even before that, he was an intriguing force in the NXT roster. But that rivalry, that rivalry of the year with Aleister Black, definitely shone the spotlight just where it needs to be on the dream. But I think the one and only Ricochet is walking out with his one of many takeover victories. I call Ricochet victorious over Velveteen Dream in this one. Shayna Baszler versus Nikki Cross. Tough one for me to call, especially with my incredible bias against bullies, but I don't see the Baszler title reign running out anytime soon. It hurts me to bet against sanity, especially the chaos that I know Cross is going to bring, but I really want to see the Twisted Sister go up to SmackDown Live and join her brethren in arms, and I think her send-off match with Shayna Baszler at a TakeOver event is the perfect way to do so. And Nikki Cross is the best female talent in all of WWE. And if you don't believe me, you might believe former founding member of Sanity, Sawyer Fulton. Check out my interview with Sawyer Fulton right after this prediction show. Just another plug for an episode on the podcast. Moving on to that NXT tag team title match between 1-2 Punch and... Danny Burch and Oni Larkin, the bald British brutal bruisers, the bald British, the bald and British Bostonian bruisers who brawl. I don't know. There's a B tongue twister there somewhere. I've been saying it all week. I do think Undisputed Era's Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly manage to squeak out another title defense. How they're going to do it? I don't know. I really don't know. Adam Cole is a mastermind. There's always a strategy going into a title match when you come face-to-face with any member 
of the Undisputed Era. The Dude Crew always has a plan. I don't think there's any exception to that against one-two punch, but mark my words, this is a sleeper match of the weekend. Could possibly steal both cards across Money in the Bank and NXT TakeOver Chicago 2. So I believe the Undisputed Era continues their title reign, but I believe Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan will prove why they deserve the TakeOver spotlight and put on one of the absolutely best matches of the weekend. Now, I just covered it, but I'm going to say it again. Aleister Black versus Lars Sullivan for the NXT Championship. I see Sullivan falling to Aleister Black, but Sullivan will prove why he's a believable monster, why he is a spotlight on the TakeOver card, why he's number one contender material, and this will be a big coming out event for Lars Sullivan. And like I mentioned before, I see him jumping into contention for the North American Championship match championship later on down the line. There is no North American Championship match for this TakeOver card. Triple H addressed it in a conference call. Um, I don't know why. I really feel like the new championship could have gotten spotlight on the TakeOver card. But that probably would have meant taking away either Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream or the Champa and Gargano street fight. And I don't see any of those matches being written off as a sacrificial lamb. So hopefully the first TakeOver title defense will be in Brooklyn and I'll get to witness that live for myself. But Aleister Black walks out of walks out of Chicago champion and Sullivan proves why he belongs there in the first place. Last, but certainly not least, the most compelling rivalry in all of professional wrestling, a Chicago street fight between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Johnny wrestling transforms into Johnny Badass this match. We see a new side of Gargano that we have absolutely never seen before. But then, I think we see his human side. Do not forget the Candice LeRae slash Candice Gargano catalyst in this rivalry. Johnny Gargano's going to lose his head. He's going to dish out a whole ton of punishment to Tommaso Ciampa. But as much as Candice has said she's done with this story and done with this rivalry and done with the violence, I don't see Candice turning her back on this match. I do see Candice LeRae being involved in some capacity. And I do see Johnny Gargano having to make the choice between his love for his wife and his hatred for Tommaso Ciampa. And I think at that very moment, when that thought process is going on, that is when the Blackheart of NXT will take over. That's when Tommaso Ciampa will dish out the punishment. And I can see this series between Gargano and Champa locking up at one match apiece going in to TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Of course, this is me being selfish and wanting to see a Gargano and Champa match live in person myself. So that's just my thought. I do see this rivalry going one match apiece. And hell, if it does go one match apiece, Champa has a vehicle to say, well, one of them was unsanctioned. So, it's off the record books. But the record books say, I'm better than Johnny Gargano. I could definitely see that being a rivalry factor as well. Although, if you listen to any of the publicity for this matchup, this is well beyond a rivalry. 
This is hatred between two men who were formerly as close as brothers. And I cannot wait to see it culminate at the scene of the crime. Takeover Chicago 1 is where DIY fell apart. And this is where DIY will lock up once again. Singles match. Chicago Street Fight. Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano will close out, hopefully, a memorable TakeOver Chicago card. I don't see this event going any other way besides successful. Like every other TakeOver, it's going to one-up a WWE pay-per-view, and the guys on Sunday are going to have to pull out all the stops to make money in the bank just as memorable of an event. But hey, that's my incredibly NXT-biased bold prediction. I will give two predictions for Money in the Bank as far as who I see walking away with the briefcase. I see Finn Balor winning it for Monday Night Raw or Bobby Roode. I see Bobby Roode possibly using it as a vehicle to turn heel. That's one hopeful prediction. Finn Balor wins it to get his championship back that he never lost. Although, granted, with the Brock Lesnar schedule and blah, 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 I do see the odds of a SmackDown competitor winning it more than I see a Raw competitor winning it. But that's for the men's. As for the ladies, I have one prediction for each show. I see Ember Moon winning it for the Raw division. Again, the NXT alumni and the NXT biased in me says so. And Becky Lynch winning it on the SmackDown side is my prediction Becky Lynch, my favorite talent to never win the NXT Women's Championship. I think she's the best overall to never win the NXT Championship of any alumni, especially of the four horsewomen. She's the only one of the four horsewomen to never win the NXT Women's Championship, but she had an unforgettable match at NXT TakeOver Unstoppable with Sasha Banks. So if you've never seen that match, it's my favorite women's wrestling match of all time. Not named TakeOver Brooklyn 1 at Bailey versus Sasha Banks. I really speak too soon when I say of all time, don't I? That's why I don't talk main roster too much there, guys. I'm going to wrap up the show with those two predictions. Money in the Bank, another event shaping up to be quite promising. We have Ronda Rousey taking on Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. Ronda Rousey's first singles match in WWE. You could find all my main roster thoughts on the Twitter and other social media. So let's jump right into the social media wrap-up. At podcast underscore UF is the Twitter Get all my takeover predictions, get all of my UF polls up there, get all of my main roster coverage, live tweet Raw, live tweet SmackDown, sometimes, spoiler free, live tweeting NXT television, because we live here in an NXT spoiler free zone, I don't care how often the tapings go, I don't care how far in advance they're done, I will not read them. And everything here behind this microphone is genuine and not previously read. And I plan on keeping it that way. So thank you for joining me for this TakeOver Predictions show. I hope you guys have an unbelievable TakeOver and Money in the Bank weekend. For those of you who still play Pokemon Go, I'm going to throw it out there. Before TakeOver Chicago 2, there is Pokemon Community Day featuring Larvitar. So anybody who wants a shiny Tyranitar can always jump up on that event as well. But the real highlight, 
The real highlight is TakeOver Chicago 2. DIY returns to the scene of the crime for a street fight. Aleister Black takes on his biggest literal challenge to date as NXT champion. Ricochet takes on Velveteen Dream in a battle for the spotlight. Shayna takes on Cross in what is to be a battle of the most twisted. And the NXT tag team titles are up for grabs when Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly put those titles up for grabs in a sure-fire sweeper match against Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan, known as One Two Punch. Have an unbelievable weekend. Have a glorious Rusev Day. I am C.D. Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT coverage. Thank you, everybody.